Blog Talk Radio. With a bright flashlight to illuminate night Free thought, we don't walk by faith In a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church So don't be spooked, we're not here to convert The only truth that's not pulled from a text Show me proof that's not good after death This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through a venue for community, and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. The next tree branch is Rainer, and it's best you listen to. Reason, science, and skepticism. It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope. She can make real nigh retire this lab coat. Humans are hilarious, and every other Friday, I'd like to hear commentary on culture, people. So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline to discuss why we're capable of ultra evil. It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street, but if there's collisions, well, then you got to just mention it. And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead. Ignoring your position, a cognitive dissonance. When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop, so Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop. I have a skinned family in all these places now, as the free thought tree pollinates around. This is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state because it's not quite safe. Well, guess who it is? Guess who it is? Guess who it be? <laughs> and guess what day it be? Be Friday. So guess who? Guess who's on the line? It's Mario and my homegirl Emmalyn. Hi. Right on, right on, right on. Ah uh, man, how you been? How you been, Em? Good. How are you? I'm maintaining. Enjoying a, I hope, uh, enjoyed another wonderful work week on the plantation. Cool, cool. And I hope that everyone out there in Radio Land is having a great evening and had a great week and is set to have an excellent weekend. You can't help but have an excellent weekend. I mean, I mean, especially me. Now, this weekend is the Georgia Renaissance Festival, so I'm going to be having a blast with that, man. I am going to enjoy that, even though I've like, actually I'm never a- been to Renfest um, ever. Um, I, I I always wanted to go as a teenager, and then as an adult, I lost interest, and I have no clue what everyone's talking about when they're talking about how awesome it is. So I'm out of the loop <laughs> on that oh, one. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I have a blast every time I go, man. All, all the crazy costumes, all the crazy people, and everything. I mean, some people really get geared up into it and come. 
full-on black knight regalia and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I don't have the money to do all that shit. And, you know, interestingly enough, they had a Three Musketeers there. One of the guys was black. Don't think there was a black Three Musketeer or a Musketeer. Um, well, um, no, I don't. I had read the book a long time ago, so I don't believe those. But um, Alexandre Dumas, the author, um, is part black. Yeah, see, you know, yeah, see, I, yeah, I knew that. And everything. I thought I just thought it was funny because he's like the only black guy in the king's court and everything. So, affirmative action. It's pretend. It's pretend they had affirmative action back then. Let's just play along with it. <laughs> oh man, yo! So what's been going on in the news that we should get out of the way? Um, news we should get out of the way. Um, you know, I think I've just seen so much like whack, crazy. BS news. Oh, there's this one guy. There was a mass stabbing in Texas. This one guy decides, you know what? I don't have a gun. I can't get a gun. I'm just going to take this knife on campus and stab 14 people. So that happened. Um, nobody died, um, you know, because it was a knife. Um, and wounds that would have been fatal with a bullet were not um, fatal after all. Um there is um, there is a governor of some state, I believe it is Colorado, that is um, fighting to allow um, domestic abusers to keep their guns because, you know, if the guy has a bad temper, it's not like he is going to one day pick up his gun and shoot his wife or anything. So he should definitely be allowed to have a gun. Um, sounds, I haven't seen sounds. I, yeah, Sounds all the crazy news I've seen is like gun related. Or yeah, I saw that guy did with the stabbing and everything, and I guess he figured a way to the best way to handle things is to you know take out the middleman, just go straight for the where we want it, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and, I, and I'm pretty sure the gun does love that. See, 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 shit. You know what I'm saying? Trying to regulate <laughs> gun, want to regulate nah, now, man. You know. Yeah, except that no one died. And this is kind of making the anti-gun side um, argument for them. Um, you know, they say guns don't kill people. Kill, people kill people. Well, knives don't kill people. People kill people. Um, mm-hmm. And knives didn't kill anyone. These nobody died. And the fact of the matter is, unless the person stabs you, you know, with the right amount of force and the right amount of skill, or they stab you in a vital organ in the back, you're not going to die because once that person puts that knife into you, if you're still alive and you're not, like, mortally injured or, you know, bleeding out of every orifice, you're going to fight back because to wield a knife, you have to actually come near the person that you're you're stabbing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have Um, a chance to kick your ass at the time, too, so. And meanwhile, in in Texas, you have a four-year-old who, um, the, uh, the uh, father was a sheriff, I believe, or something, and he put out his gun to show his gun collection to his friend. And, uh, you know, if his four-year-old just comes by the table, picks up one of the guns and and fires it and kills his wife. Are you telling me now that four-year-olds kill people? Like, I'm pretty sure that four-year-old did not intend to harm anyone when they, he picked up that gun and fired. Mm-hmm. And if he did, I have some I have some serious reservations about the mindset of anyone who thinks that that child intended to do that. 
But this is the kind of thing we're talking about. If a four-year-old picks up a gun, the most that's going to happen is he's going to cut himself, even if it's a bad injury. You know, let's say that that four-year-old cuts himself deeply. It's probably not going to die, um, you know, if taking him to the hospital in time. Because once that first tip of that knife hits your skin, they realize this shit hurts. I'm going to put it down now. Right. Well, you know, that's one of the one of the arguments I got into with someone about that is because they were like, uh, why are you trying to regulate um, assault weapons and everything? When you do, Why not all guns and stuff? And I'm like, well, I'm not for all guns being regulated. I'm just thinking that if you need an assault weapon with 30, uh, 30 bullets in the chamber, you might have some serious issues. Like, well, you can still shoot, you can still kill people if you have more than one gun. Yeah, but if I have more than one gun, that's, you know, if I have more than one handgun, that's still a lot less damage than going in and pretty much spraying the area and hitting everybody in sight. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, just, uh, an assault rifle is not like a, a, re, a, you know, a regular hunting rifle or a shotgun. These mm. things are, were designed to kill people. Um, you know, at at medium range, in rapid succession. These are mm-hmm. weapons of war. I don't understand why a civilian would need them. But anyways, before we get too caught up in the subject, tonight's mm-hmm. topic, why don't you go ahead and do the honors? Well, I figured this time we'd go into something that was a little bit, not no religion this time, you know, well, well We'll probably end up cracking a few jokes about religion. Yeah, we'll probably be back on that topic um, in a couple weeks um, when we discuss that show will be on, um, what was it, The Harm of Teaching Creationism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to love that one because, you know, obviously the Flintstones are based on the true story. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, I decided, you know, after the um, the controversy with the Rick Ross lyrics, uh, I kind of had the idea because this is a dis- discussion that I've seen pop up over the years ever since I was a kid, especially after the advent of um, gangster rap, you know. And um, I remember Tupac um, made a few references on a few songs that he wrote and everything um, about uh, 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 the uh, uh, responsibility or even the accountability of the songs that that our artists put out. Even and I even wanted to expand upon this into you know say other mediums like games and movies because I remember the uh, uh, controversy surrounding Mortal Kombat when it first came out and how parental groups are getting really up in arms about that because apparently there's something wrong with a a guy who can throw ice. And Grand Theft Auto, there was a lot of controversy around that game. Yeah, yeah, and I guess there's something. I mean, I guess there's something to be said about a guy who can rip off somebody's head and pull out their spine at the same time. You know, if you think that's realistic, you know, I mean, you know, then I guess you just have some issues yourself. But, you know, apparently, you know, there there probably needs to be a discussion probably a lot more in-depth than what we're going to get into. But, you know, we're going to just banter it around and, you know, post some yays and nays and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have had a lot of people giving you know, everybody has an opinion on the Rick Ross situation and the accountability in music, and you, like Mari said, want to expand it to other mediums. Now, before we even go any further, I just want to point out that um, for the majority of the show, I will be discussing not just this sort of lyrics and, you know, accountability in hip-hop and rap, 
but mm-hmm. in other genres of music as well. What exactly. bothered me the most about this entire situation was how people were thinking that this was something that was started and continued to be promoted solely by hip-hop and R&B, and that's simply exactly. not the case. Rape culture has been glorified and glamorized and subtly infused into all types of genres for so many years. We have been listening to songs about stalking, coercion, rape, and date rape long before hip-hop was ever a genre. Exactly. Exactly. Um I don't know. If, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a lot, a lot of people. There's a, a few people who are older than me probably listen to the show and whatnot. But I'm pretty sure they remember, um, the, uh, especially when rock and metal were coming in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That uh, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff was controversial. The the image of metal, you know, I mean, the the, the face paint and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember watching Beavis and Butthead because it was such an educational show. And I want to learn things. <laughs> and um, I remember watching those shows, and, you know, and there'd be metal songs playing, like this group called Guar, and, you know, I remember Kiss and stuff like that, even though I was too young to really listen to the songs and whatnot. But, you know, so, um, you know, what she what she just said was right. You know, it's, it's not just rap, although I think rap got the – I think rap is the most recent because gangster rap came out and everything, and mm-hmm. everybody started piling on gangster rap because well, of the imagery and stuff. Everybody needs a scapegoat, and it's like you said about yeah. you know, when met, when, you know when rock was light, that was fine. But then when heavy metal came onto the scene, we had heavy metal and we had acid rock and we had grunge rock, and all of right. the adults wanted to scapegoat all the problems of the youth on those. Um, you know, um, genres of rock music. They were the, they were evil. If you played the records backwards, you could hear Satan's voice, things like that. And of course, they had those lyrics as well. But again, those same people have been listening to lyrics that glamorize and glorify the rape culture for so much longer, and obviously it had a more profound effect on them. Because 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, even more so than today, you have not only this this rape culture, but this culture of victim blaming that is more prevalent than it is today. You know, back then, the first question, you know, even police officers would ask a woman who reported a rape was, what, what were you doing and what were you wearing? Um, back then we had songs not just talking about rape and glorifying rape culture, but there were many, many musicians who sung songs about rape, like from the aspect of 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 um commentary. And many, many female artists who wrote songs about their experiences as rape victims. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's something that's saturated music for a very long time. And like I said, there are more insidious forms of it like songs about stalking. There's so many songs that people listen to back then that people still listen to that they think are romantic, but the songs are really about stalking. And there's a fine line between being romantic and being creepy, and those songs have definitely crossed that line. But it's like we live in a culture where people don't even listen to the lyrics anymore. Um, but I I think rock and hip-hop just got the brunt of, of, you know, the scapegoating simply because when these genres of music spoke 
uh, in, you know, misogynistic terms and, and, and glamorized rape culture, they were more blatant about it. And I think it's a subtlety mm-hmm. that allowed this to get into music for so long without anybody saying or doing anything about it. It was so subtle. You have people, women especially, singing along to these songs. It, right. it was more in your face with metal and with rap and with hip-hop, and I think that's why they were like the poster children for all things degenerate. Yeah, I remember the the videos when I um and the um the artists, you know, a lot especially when it comes to hip hop where it really glorifies especially the gangster rap and everything, the violence of the streets, the 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 uh uh environment of living in the hood, the pitfalls, and a lot of songs do glorify the violence and the selling of drugs and you know and women especially. You look at a, a rap video nine times ten. There are big booty women in there, but seemingly no real reason other than to show, hey, these are the women I can get now. And I remember the mantra being for uh, Death Row being uh, uh, what Snoop Dogg said, you know, uh, um, I don't love them all. I used to love that. And um, I admit, you know, coming up, when I was coming up and listening to a lot of music from the 90s and stuff, I admit I was banging my head to a lot of this stuff, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it. I did not in any way think I could emulate any of this. You know, um you know, um um one of my favorite songs was by Bone, you know, and um had E Z E in it and it was uh for the love of money. And mm-hmm. one of the lyrics was uh, uh uh standing on the corner strength slaying and rocks, uh shit, here come the motherfucking cops and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now in in Bone's music you know, definitely had a different tone and a uh, different different tone in it. And yes, they still glorified the violence in the streets, selling dope and uh, women and stuff like that. I listened to it. I loved the sound of the music, but I never felt like I could emulate that. And maybe it had something to do with my um my upbringing, but I was never swayed into thinking that I can actually go out here and start selling dope and bringing in a bunch of women. Now, I, when I listened to a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the youth and everything, especially around my age and even now, um, I do get the feeling that some people are impersonable enough to believe that they can do these things and that a lot of these guys really do live this life when they don't. Not all of them do. Most of them are highly, are very educated, educated guys, but you find a niche mm-hmm. that can make you money and people are willing to pay for it. Go for it. Yeah, I see a lot of ignorance for sale in in mm. not just in not just hip hop and R and B, but in a lot of the popular, you know, top forty type music genres. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think it's a good point that you brought up about music videos in the nineties because we saw a lot of raunchiness with a lot of the metal and a lot of the rap videos. You had bands like Molly Crew, and you yep. had um, you had artists like Uncle Luke, and their videos were raunchy and oh, like. Yeah. Or like softcore porn to a soundtrack, and I think music videos just are a lot more toned down, and a lot of the lyrics too. I think people are we're, our culture is so obsessed with political correctness that what's happened is um, even though we have removed a lot of the 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 you know the sexually graphic aspects of the, out of the music videos, and we removed a lot of the misogyny from the music. It's 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 still pouring out into our society. We hear and see more news about um, 
um, sexual violence and domestic abuse than before, mm-hmm. especially, um, and, and, and not just not just in general, but young people committing these acts against other young people. This children against children, I mean, just look mm-hmm. at the Steubenville um, uh, rape case. Um, a few years before, there was a 10-year-old girl that was gang raped by about 21 guys from the ages of, I believe it was 14 to 21 in Texas. Um, and and then, of course, after that happened, in both cases, with the 10-year-old and with the 16-year-old girl in Steubenville, they were protecting the perpetrators. Commentators from around the country are saying that these girls were fast. Um, ten-year-old girl was fast, so she shouldn't be walking in that neighborhood wearing that. And this girl in Steubenville was a whore and that she shouldn't have gotten drunk at this party because she should have known that was going to happen. Um, so... It's in a sense. I really don't feel like the music is doing is doing the harm. I believe it is the people in the society that do the most harm because they are the ones that re-victimize the victim with this mentality. Yeah, I remember actually Columbine how they tried to put so much of the responsibility like off of Marilyn Manson. Um, I have never really, really listened to Marilyn Manson's songs. I have listened to a few of them. I mean, he is a controversial, uh, 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 I guess, rock or metal or I guess his alternative, and he has a distinct look that implies somebody that is not all that altogether there. But if you watch a few of his uh, uh, interviews, he is an intelligent person. He knows what he's doing, but yeah, I mean, it's not um, his fault. It right. It's it's one of those things, you know, when I saw his documentary they did on him behind the music hall, the teacher said he was always a smart, quiet child. And right. people, this is what musicians do. They try to express themselves. He was lucky enough to, like, get his foot in the door music-wise at a time where you could be eclectic and not be like everyone else, and it was still considered cool to kind of stand out. He did really controversial things with his body and, and to mm-hmm. his music, and... That was his way of expressing himself. However, no no song that he ever penned or sang was any more violent than anything else that was out there. He only got the brunt of the attention because of the way that he looked, and it's that what I was saying before about being blatant as opposed to very um, subtle with the things that you're seeing and doing. Actually, right. you know, was researching some songs that have you know incredibly um, questionable lyrics. Um, there are a few that I'd like to share with the people out there in radio world. Um, at the top of the list as far as songs about rape and or coercion would probably be Baby, It's Cold Outside by um, Dean Martin and Doris Day. Now, this song was recorded in 1939, okay? But listen to, let's listen to some of the lyrics. Um, now, it's sung um, as a duet, male and female, so the woman goes first and she says, I really can't stay. He says, baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. He says, baby, it's cold outside. Um, this evening has been nice. And he says, I've been hoping you drop in. Hold your hands. Or just, I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. And then she asks, what will the neighbors think? He said, baby, it's bad out there. I'll pour you another drink. So this woman has pretty much every excuse in the book to try to get away from him. And he's all like, baby, it's cold outside. Just stay, just stay, just stay, just stay, just stay. And, you know, you're reading this and you're like, either this dude's a date rapist or he's like the thirstiest dude on the planet because she's obviously been saying that she wants to go for like a thousand years now, but he keeps on making excuses for why she can't leave. 
Um, another really popular song that is clearly about rape is Brown Sugar by the Rolling Stones. There's a verse in there that says, Old coast slave ship bound for cotton fields, sold in a market town in New Orleans. Scarred old slaver knows he's doing all right. Hear him with the women just around midnight. Brown sugar, how come you taste so good? Brown sugar, just like a young girl should. This is a song about raping your young slave girls, okay? And it's been sampled in, in so, much, so many times. It's been in so many commercials. It's been in so many movie soundtracks. It's a really popular song that even people who don't know the entire song know the chorus. It's a song right. about raping slaves, okay? Like, and this is the Rolling Stones. This is not anything new. Um, right. Another another one that was questionable, it was questionable even then um, when it was first released, even though it got so much airplay, it's Father Figure by George Michael. Um, the song says, I will be your father figure. Put your tiny hand in mine. And then it goes on to say, I will be the one who loves you until the end of time. That's all I ever wanted, but sometimes love can be mistaken for a crime. You're like, what the hell? What kind of love from a father figure could be mistaken for a crime, George Michael? Um, question of the hour. Um, so that song had a lot of, you know, doubts circling around it, even at the height of its popularity. And they still play father figure on, like, light, you know, radio all the time. Um Let's see here. Another song is, um, geez, um, where is it? This one isn't necessarily about rape, but it's it's clearly a very um, obvious song about stalking, and it's I'll Be Watching You by the police. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every breath you take, every bond you break, I'll be watching you. Okay. Um, and this wasn't just this isn't their only song about like questionable behavior. The police also had another single called "Don't Stand So Close to Me." That one is not as popular, um, but um, it's about an inappropriate feeling in relationships between a teacher and his student. Young mm-hmm. teacher, the subject of schoolgirl fantasy. She wants him so badly, she knows what she wants, where she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he says. Um, he starts to shake and cough like the old man in that book by Nabokov. And for those who don't know, the book he's referencing is Lolita by Vladimir mm-hmm. Nabokov. Um, and, you know, this song was really popular. Um, I'll Be Watching was really popular. That song, the year was released, was the most um, played um, wedding song. I'll Be Watching You, a song about stalking. Um, Morrissey did a song in the early 90s called The More You Ignore Me, The Closer I'll Get. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a song about stalking. And people are like, oh, this is so cute. This is so romantic. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Um, it's really, really ridiculous. I mean, we even have the Jamie Foxx song, um, Blame It on the Alcohol. I don't know how many people listen to the lyrics of that song, but he's saying to this girl, blame it on, blame it on the goose, got you feeling loose. Blame it on the trone, got your panties off. Blame it on the alcohol. And basically, um, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to sleep with this dude until a serious combination of cocktails has her feeling him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's 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 one of those things where you're kind of like, it's 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 creeping over that line. It's not exactly there yet. But I mean, when you have songs that talk, that clearly say, "I'm gonna rape you when you're unconscious," or "Go rape your slaves," or "I'm gonna watch every single move you make." 
um, that's that's scary. That's a little bit scary. And it's not just that, you know. And I'm I'm, I'm going to admit, you know, I uh, I I uh, I love the uh, air. Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. I mean, I I wouldn't exactly play that like, baby, I'm I've been thinking about you here. Here's a song, you know. Um, yeah, that thought is hilarious. You know, um, there are also a few other songs, and we're not just gonna we're not trying to act like hip hop doesn't have responsibility because mm-hmm. it does. Well, I wouldn't say responsibility because I'm kind of only I'm one of those people that doesn't that believes that it's your responsibility to raise your children. I don't care I what is on the TV. It is your responsibility because you're supposed to teach, teach these kids what is real and what isn't, what is right and what is wrong. Their inspir- their in- their um, education should come from you. It is not anyone else's responsibility to teach your kid the right way to do things. At least that's my that's my opinion. When uh, the Janet Jackson titty popped out and everything, I loved it. I admit it. I a good thing that my brother was recording it because I re- rounded it over and over and over. You know what I'm saying? I'm they re- But these parental groups were going crazy over that. You know, it was like you know, look if you if you can't teach your child about a fe- the female body and about human error and mistakes, then that's your fault. And so you got um you got other songs that uh, that do have a few controversial meanings. And lyrics closer by Nine Inch Nails. I love that song. I've heard several ideas yeah. about this song, but one of the ones I heard was about his, you know, in in, in, a, in a um a rape fetish or um mm-hmm. some I've heard sexual release and dealing with sexual frustrations that he that uh that, that the artist can't overcome and everything. The uh the uh chorus is uh, uh I want to fuck you like an animal. And I want to hear you and from the inside. Exactly. And I remember when that song came out, like even now, I think it's one of the, the sexiest songs I've ever heard. It can be interpreted as rape. Um, mm-hmm. However, there is, I don't know, um, there's a line in the song, you get, you get me closer to God. Right. I really feel like it's a, a song about very, very passionate sex. I can see mm-hmm. how it could be mistaken for rape. However, um, I don't, I don't think there's anything that like directly alludes to it being about rape. And it's like Mario said, we're not no one's taking the 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 brunt off of hip hop or music in general. Obviously it influences the culture. Um, I don't know if art imitates life or life imitates art. However, mm-hmm. you cannot hold people who don't know your children, who will never meet your children, who are not those children's parents or teachers accountable for the the, the your your child's actions. Um, you know, it's really, really weird because I feel like we're in a generation where we become so politically correct and that it's, it's in a way um, people are underestimating just how intelligent children are. Mm-hmm. I feel that people will act at whatever way that you allow them to behave. They will behave at whatever age you allow them to behave. I feel like in my generation there was there was more accountability placed on the child. You know, um, if your child messed up in school, that was your child messing up, they wouldn't automatically turn to blame the parents for that child's mm-hmm. behavior when they're 12, 14, 16 years old and still blaming the parent for what that kid does. Mm-hmm. Because you're 12, 14, 16 years old, at that age, it's no difference between right and wrong. There's a mistake, right. and then there's just inappropriate behavior. And those two 
don't necessarily have to be synonymous. And obviously, right. when you're talking about your 16-year-old going to a party and gang raping a girl, that is incredibly inappropriate, not to mention criminal behavior. That is not a mistake. That is not saying not past curfew. I do I feel, feel that, especially if you know what a song means, I went to um, a, a, a talent show one time. I mean, this was um, early 2000s. And there was um, the song by this group called Black, B-L-A-Q-U-E, which, you know, they were, yeah, and it, you know, and they weren't, you know, anything unique or anything. But um, one of the songs, like, is, uh, um, I remember the lyric, she don't work the room like I do, she don't put the curl in your, in your toe while she, as she make your body roll or some shit like that. And these mm-hmm. kids are singing this at a talent show. Now, I know what the lyrics mean. They obviously do not, and nobody else who, um, I guess the parents were not involved in preparing for the show because if they knew what the lyrics were, they sure as hell didn't tell the kids that they were talking about these 11, 12-year-old kids talking about having sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, so I did not did not have any idea what the Superman was. I think Soldier Boy is like a cancer on my ear. It makes me feel like there's a corroded. Soldier Boy still has a career. I don't know. I haven't heard. I, I haven't know. heard that name in a very long time, actually. But Man, I didn't it, know who Superman makes, was either for a very long time. What I heard it was was something about if the the girl didn't want to have sex or something like that, you nut it on her back and then throw a sheet on her, and I get and she runs out of the room, and I guess it looked like you know she's Superman or something like that. Yeah. First of all, I never liked this guy. It really makes me feel like my my ears are being raped. By a diseased penis. Whenever I hear any of, any of that, I never thought the guy had any talent because you know, uh, I mean, you know, he just, uh, it just, I could not bring my. I would rather be bitten and eaten alive by rabbit rabbit hamsters before I listen to any of his music. And when um and so when I'm hearing this and I'm like, that's what that song is about. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, so screw this dude, all right? And so he isn't the only one. I mean, he obviously, especially, you know, drug culture, not just rape, but drugs. You know, drugs have been heavily promoted in in, 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 um, in music. Not just yeah, because you have a lot of artists who, even though they never, they never really, they never talk about, you know, rape or statutory rape ever, their songs are laden with, you know, drug references. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, if you hear, I hear the, the word Molly at least like once in every single song, popping Molly. I'm sure, mm-hmm. and like, and it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but euphemisms for drugs have also been in music for a very long time. Mr. Tambourine Man. Yes. Very very long time. You know, back then it, it's like one of those you had to, you had to, you had to cloak any reference about. Drugs. Now we just call it pet names to be cute. Right. So yep. it's unfortunate, but um, that's that's what we're. I mean, and it it can be a kick. It can be a kick in the head when one of your favorite songs, like you actually look at the lyrics, you're like, "What the hell have I been singing this entire time?" Exactly. Um, one song 
I don't know how many people listen to her, but she's one of my favorite artists. Um, it's by Sarah McLaughlin. And I had I had issues with this song from the very beginning, but I could never understand um like what put me off about it until I sat down and read the lyrics. It's called Possession by Sarah McLaughlin. And in the chorus it says, I would be the one to hold you down, kiss you so hard I'll take your breath away. And then after I'd wipe away the tears, just close your eyes, dear. And then it turned out the song really was about, um, you know, assaulting uh, um, the person that you were stalking. And she'd written the song, actually, based on the letters that her stalker had sent her. She had a stalker for many, many, many years. And this dude was actually suing her for plagiarism over this song Mm -hmm. um, for a while. But um, he committed suicide before the case ever went to trial. And it's one of those things where um, you see that this is a person trying to reclaim a piece of themselves after they've been victimized by stalking or rape or something like that. Um, There are a few prominent female singers that have sung songs about being victimized and being raped. Um, Fiona Apple, Annie DeFranco, um, Tori Amos all sung songs about being raped. Um, But again, seeing a song about when you were raped and, and seeing the song in which you're talking about raping someone are not exactly the same thing. Damn. You know, I've even uh, um, I've even have strong reaction to songs by some females. Um, I can't. You're, you're probably going to trip on me about this, but I don't remember the name of the song. But name of the woman that sung sung the song. But I do remember it was in that song uh, in that movie uh, Dreamgirls. And Jennifer mm-hmm. Hudson's husband sung, sung it. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. you're gonna love me. You're gonna love yeah. me. Damn it. That was, that was that song that it you was no saying that, that would be really creepy. That's like some yeah, Ike Turner. That's some Ike Turner shit. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, that's just kind of damn scary. You know, if I'm saying, like, look, it ain't going to work, and you bust out with a song like that, and you are singing it with such passion and emotion, like you're taking a dump and everything, I cannot. I mean, do I need to get locked and loaded before I break up with somebody? I mean, no, if you we're going to talk about women. Women get away with this stuff way more than men do. Not just in music, but on television shows. We see, um, we see stalking is really glamorized. We have one of the greatest stalkers of all time, Stephen Q. Urkel. He was stalking Laura Winslow for like ten years, so she finally gave in and decided that she was in love with him. Nikki Parker on the Parkers was stalking Professor Ogilvy for like five or six seasons, so he finally broke down and decided that he was in love with her. Um, but stalking, like as far as songs go. It's something that women have done very, very well. Uh, one of the best examples of this is One Way or Another by Blondie. One yeah. Way or Another, I'm going to find you, I'm going to get you. One Way or Another, um, you know, you're going to be mine. Um, Man, imagine you move to Milwaukee or some shit like that, and this chick, you go outside, and this chick is sitting out there in a the van just looking at your um, your house. You know what I mean? That's creepy. I mean, she found you, and she she promised she would. And uh, Mahomie, Mahomie Will brought this song before he cheats. With uh, uh, that was uh, I can't remember. Like Carrie Underwood. Name. Carrie Underwood, you know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. I, uh, 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 I'm gonna destroy your property because you broke up with me. Yeah, that's that's you know very prevalent in country, actually. I'm gonna destroy your shit because you broke up with me. Um, Miranda Lambert, yeah. one of her her singles, Kerosene, is about burning down this dude's house for cheating right. on her. Right, and then you know, um, uh, um, um, what's the name, um. That chick had a song, so had a uh, had a similar song where she talking about bust, I bust the windows out your car. Now, I don't know about you, you know. Um, 
But it, oh, the, no. you gotta look, look, look up the look up the lyrics of the Carry On the Wood song. All the shit um, he does to this, this maybe next car. time think before he cheats. Um, yeah. I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive, carved my name into his leather seats. Got a Louisville right. slugger to both headlights, slashed a hole in all four tires. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats. And what I'm saying And I'm not going to lie. I was singing. I was jamming to this when it first came out. Mm. I remember I had this girlfriend. Casey was really into country music, and I love country music, too. We'd be singing this song all the time riding around. Like, I, I just thought this, this shit scared the hell out of me. Because I'm sitting there thinking, what if he only knew that shit for like a week, man? I mean, you you know, I mean, <laughs> and what if what if the relationship is only in her head and she's just basically batched it? And then he comes outside, what the hell going on? Oh, you yeah, know, a lot of women sung songs about stalking and poverty destruction. I mean, you had Paris by Miranda Lambert. Um, you had, oh, Caught Out There by Khalees, her first single. Right, um, exactly. She's you know, going off on this dude because she caught him cheating. Um, there's, there's, um, wow, there's so many really, really great songs about really vindictive women. This is very prevalent in R&B and in country music where this, this chick just loses her mind and decides she's going to ruin his life. Um, right. And we have some really great club hits also, besides One Way or Another by Blondie. We also have this one song that still gets radio played to this day, Obsession. Um, everyone might remember this one. You're my obsession. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cannot sleep. Be um, my lover. Um, be, oh, I'm sorry. And actually, you one of them actually says, in the song it says, you're my obsession, you're my obsession. Who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit scary. What I, is love? Is, Baby, don't hurt me. Oh, sorry. I'm, I remember that song. I'm Jen. I remember that song. I remember that song. Um, that, that, that still gets tons of radio plays well. Um, there's Kylie Minogue's Can't Get You Out of My Head. I don't know. Like, this song was all over the commercials, all over the airwaves. Can't Get You Out of My Head. All I do is sit and think about you all day. Um, Boy, your love is more than I dare to think about. Um, every day, every night, just to be there in your arms. Now, this song could just be like, oh, she's infatuated. Or it could be like, she's she's completely crazy. It can be taken either way. Of course, there are songs about being the victim of stalking. Like I said, Possession is one. Stand by Eminem was a very, very popular one. Oh, about yeah, being the victim yeah. Of stalking. Um, you know, there are tons of songs that, that speak up about this sort of thing. One of the things that, one of the songs that, that you know, mentions consequences and um, and even has a verse about date rape is Guilty Conscience, um, mm-hmm. which was Eminem featuring Dr. Dre. And one of the verses says, meet Stan, he's only 21 years old. After meeting a girl at a rave party, things start getting hot and heavy in the upstairs bedroom. Once again, his conscience comes into play. And, of course, um, Eminem is a bad bad conscience, and Dr. J is a good conscience, and the bad conscience is, listen to me, while you were kissing her cheek and smearing her lipstick, I slipped this into her drink. Now all you got to do is nibble on this little bitch's earlobe. And the good conscience says, yo, this girl, when you're 15 years old, you shouldn't take advantage of her. That's not fair. And and the bad conscience says, yo, look at her bush. Does it got hair? Fuck this bitch right here on the spot bare till she passes out and forgot how she got there. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that uh, the Heather Headley song in my mind? No, I haven't. All right, let me. I'm gonna read you um, a couple bars of this. You know, imagine seeing him on the town holding another hand. She's staring me down, so I figured that he told her who I am. But it don't matter either way what they do or say, cause ain't nothing changed. He's standing with her, but it's solely calling out my name. In my mind, I'll always be his lady. In my mind, I'll always be his girl. 
saw his mama just the other day. She said he'd been through a spell, had a bad breakup, things. He's on his way up. It's hard to tell. She said, I think I, it'd be do good, some good if you called him every now and then. You see he's been through some things. I'm thinking he could use a friend. Now, you know, first of all, that, that's a contradiction in terms, which, which she's talking about. If I'm walking, if I'm walking down the street with my girlfriend, and there's some son bitch on the corner just staring at her, I'm definitely gonna be staring at this brother back and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And judging from her body reaction, I'll judging from the reaction, I'll already know who this guy is. And judging from my reaction, he should know that I know who he is. I can only think that some bitch is crazy or missing a few things to be sitting up there staring at somebody, knowing for a fact they're with the person that they're with. Now translate that to a female, you know, and it, yeah, it's still the same thing. There's something wrong with that chick. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you need to get the hell away and be prepared for some fatal attraction type shit. Because if in her mind you are you and that person are still together and in her mind, you'll you'll always be her, her dude and everything like that. Yeah, she's crazy. That's a little attraction. <laughs> yeah, it really Glenn is. Close it really, really, really is. Um, what was another song that I was thinking about? Actually, um, this is this is like really, 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 really old. I don't know how many of you guys have seen the movie My Fair Lady, starring Audrey Hepburn. There's a song in the movie. Well, there are a few questionable songs about them in the movie. There's one song where she's singing about how she hopes Professor Doolittle dies. Um, but this one song was obviously very stalker-esque, and it's sung by this young man who's in love with Eliza Doolittle. But she's in love with Professor Doolittle. And it's called "On the Street Where You Live." Um, and it's and one of the verses. Well, the the theme of it says. Um, People stop and stare. They don't bother me, for there's nowhere else on earth that I would rather be. Let the time go by. I don't care if I can be here on the street where you live. And that's all he does, like, throughout the movie while he's singing this song. He's just walking up and down the street where she lives. That's a little bit crazy. You're not even, like, you know she doesn't want you. You're not getting, you're not in a relationship. You're never in a relationship, but all you're doing is walking up and down the street where she's living. That's a little bit psychotic. It is. Yeah. Um. We have recently, and this one didn't get any heat either, but this verse always, like, freaked me out. Um, Extraterrestrial, um, Katy Perry featuring Kanye West. For, she's saying, you know, some with your powers want to fill your lasers. But then in his verse, he says, um, I'm going to disrobe you, then I'm going to probe you. See, I abducted you, so I tell you what to do. And no one had anything to say about that, but I'm like, this is more than a little bit rapey. <laughs> like, I can see along to this. It was just a little bit too rape-esque for me. And, you know, I see a lot where songs, not just sung by men, but sung by women as well, are perpetrating this mindset that it's okay, like sexual violence is okay, and stalking is okay, and it's also romantic to, like, pursue someone who's clearly not into you or over you or to get, like, some vindictive criminal action against someone who did you wrong. And it's not. Right. Like, people, don't let these songs, like, gas you up into committing arson because prison isn't fun. Right. And, you know, the thing about it is music is kind of, uh, I've always heard people say that music is a universal language. You know, I can listen to a song, especially there are certain songs by Cirque du Soleil, 
that I have no idea what these people sing. But Cirque du Soleil uses people who can do something that, you know, modern mainstream song uh, um, singers probably don't know what this is. But Cirque du Soleil uses a lot of singers who can actually sing. Okay, sing, meaning that they can carry a tune and then elevate their voice, raise and lower and everything like that without using a computer. That's important. They don't need that, okay? So I'm listening to these songs, and I'm sitting there swaying back and forth, my eyes closed, beautiful song, have no idea what she's saying, but it's in French or some shit like that, and I love it. Um, so I can I can imagine that you can get into a You know, some people work out to music. You know, some, some people work out to some heavy, it's intense music because it keeps them pumping up, you know. You can relax the music. You can pump, pop pop in some uh, on some jazz, some contemporary jazz, some smooth, you know, easy listening. You know, if you, if your thing is Barry Manilow, put that shit in and jam it. I don't know how how well you sound with some bass in it, but, hey, you know, you never know. You know, you just, you know, music can have an effect, you know. This, this is why these guys are here. A lot of these guys are here trying to, you know, Put out some type of positive messages and stuff, and um, you know, um, I remember a lot. Some of the, 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 the like KRS One, I used to listen to him, and um, and um, be into a lot of messages in 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 those in in those songs and whatnot. Even Tupac had a few. You know, I used to revere Tupac, but then as I started really listening to a lot more of his music, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, what I'm saying he had a few issues as well a couple of times, you know. And, but then there are times in which he hit it out of the park with a good message and everything. And, you know, the advent of... Well, that's uh, another uh, thing, too. It's very confusing when you have an artist who does something that is like, you know, they have this reputation for violence and massaging their lyrics. And then they have this one song that they feel can redeem them. And their little fanboys and girls kind of get on the man wagon for that. I mean, there was Dear Mama, but there was a whole bunch of other songs that Tupac did that were really, really you know, messed up lyrics. You had How to Love, but you had a whole bunch of other songs that Little Wayne did that were really, really messed up, where he's calling women bitches and hoes. Now he's talking about How to Love? Really? You listen to Little Wayne? What the hell's wrong with you? I'll listen to anything once. <laughs> but see, but see what, he, what we've been talking about now, you know, that, you know the, the, the intervention, I mean, the rise of uh, uh, the, non, uh, uh, the, the secular and... Um, atheist rappers, you know, and songs and poems and poetry and stuff like that that are coming out now, music does have, you know, an effect. Now, the problem is, are you going to use that positively or negatively? If I, you know, if I play Mo Murder by Bone, you know, saying Mo Murder, Mo Murder, come, come again, and it is kind of a chant, are you going to go out there and kill somebody? Well, one person actually did, and they had to go to court about that. Well, I'm you know, glad that you brought up the, the case of, you know, listening to music that you don't understand the lyrics to. There are tons of songs that I have that I had to Google the, the lyrics and the English translation for the lyrics. The songs are in Spanish or Portuguese and I, or Italian, and I don't speak those languages. However, I remember as a child in Haiti, I didn't speak English. but my mom, And my mom didn't speak English, but she listened to a lot of American music. She listened to Lionel Richie. She listened to Madonna. She listened to Kenny Rogers. I knew all of Kenny Rogers' songs by heart before I even knew how to speak English. I could have been singing about anything, and I wouldn't have known until after the fact. 
And this is what a lot of the artists do with their international fans. They catch them with this with this hook, with this melody, and all of a sudden they don't know what the lyrics are, but they know every word to that song. Um, and with, you know, our audience here in the United States, we live in a culture now where I think it's always been this way, but more so now than ever where where people can pay for such great production value on their work where you get so caught up in the melody, you're not listening to the words at all. He could be talking about anything. And because it's not only have artists been able to infuse lyrics with a lot of violence, but they've also, like, kind of fallen off as far as lyrical ability. The songs just aren't as thought-provoking or... um dense lyrically as they used to be. You can say you can just repeat the same line over and over and over again. You got yourself a hit. Now, you know, um and, and that that's exactly what I'm talking about, you know. Um you know i am kind of I'm kind of of the mindset of defending people, you know, um, you know, 'cause I don't really believe in censorship too much, you know. You know, the the clan wants to have a rally, let them have the rally. If they end up getting their ass kicked because of what they said, well, hell, that's another story. We'll talk about that later. But at the same time, you know, I do believe that people should have the right to say what they want to say. You know, um, even when it comes down to other mediums, like games and stuff like that, if this person wants to play games that involve the freezing and shattering of someone's body and or the uppercutting them off of a platform onto a onto uh, spikes, all because you really want to fight this other dude who you can't fight in the normal rotation, but if you do not get hit and you kill this other dude, well, then you can fight that dude, and it's really cool because that dude is badass, all right? You that's, lost that's, me uh, at, like, the third dude. Well, see, that's, that's you know, you got you, you to gotta know nothing about that, man, because, you, you know, you can't play reptile. I'm you not a gamer. I'm not a gamer. Yes, I'm lame. I know this. Well, see, let me, <laughs> you can't fight reptile unless you um, kill somebody without being hit, you know, you're perfect and everything. So then you got to fight that guy. It's pretty cool, man. I, I, I'll i tell you about that later. But anyway. You're speaking Greek right now. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 um, I remember Beavis and Butthead had a, had a controversy in which Beavis would say something like, fire, 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 fire. <laughs> and yeah. somebody actually, somebody's big head kid actually set the damn house on fire. And so MTV had to pull, had to stop Beavis from saying fire, 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 and it started coming on a little bit later. And it's, it's amazing how like, you got millions of people watching your show. One kid does some dumb shit, and we all got to deal with the ramifications of that. You know, it, you I know, think that... I, it's one of those things where I'm just so happy that I was a kid in the 90s because we it was like the beginning of censorship, but most things, especially for children, were not censored. Um, things for like adolescents were censored. Like you know, you had the little censorship label on CDs in the mid nineties and stuff like that. And then we started having our video games. Well, a lot of the cartoons we watched were not censored at all. You know, they have a lot of the old cartoons I used to watch on like Netflix now. All the old shows that used to be cool when I was a kid. I, you know, a couple, few months back, I remember I was watching an episode of Rocco's Modern Life on Netflix, and there's an episode where Rocco is a phone sex operator, and this was a show for children ages seven and up. And not only were there adult, like you know, very subtle adult themes in the show, but they use a really vast vernacular. 
I mean, the word mm. Elizabethan was used in an episode of Rocco's Modern Life. But not only are cartoons now extra safe, super, super safe, but they're also um, super dumbed down. I feel like the modern parent might think their child is much more fragile and much more stupid than they actually are. And I think we live in a culture now where these children are exposed to violence, not incrementally like we were, but kind of like everything was roses on the Disney Channel when I was, you know, up until I was 10 years old, and all of a sudden I saw this movie where I saw this person bleed to death. But see, like, you know, and, and, it went from zero to 60 like like that. And I even find myself questioning a lot of things that I used to question because I sent her there, and I probably and I probably traumatized this kid when I told him this. But, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, fairy tales and uh, nursery rhymes and stuff like that, and we were talking about, you know, Hansel and Gretel. And I thought, you know, um, well, I mentioned Hansel and Gretel because, you know, we were talking about fairy tales. And I'm like, you know, actually, I think it's more of a horror story than anything. And so she was like, why? Why do you think that? And I'm like, because, well, Hansel and Gretel involves two kids who are apparently either orphans or their parents don't give a damn about them because they're just running around in the woods they find a candy house in which a witch lives, and apparently nobody knows it about this house out here because, you know, it just, a candy house is kind of, isn't exactly inconspicuous. This woman <laughs> eats children, okay? Apparently she's done this before. I right, so these kids, she catches the kids, the kids get the better hand on her and throw her in the oven and cook her alive. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn. It takes a jacked up mind to come with some shit like that. And you, know, you tell these, go ahead. You tell you tell these kids these these nursery rhymes. Like, ah, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Even when we was coming up, and I I love Looney Tunes. A lot of those a lot of the cartoons, you know, something you know, the 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 character will smoke in the car in the cartoon. You know, mm-hmm. the character, you know, Buzz Bunny cross dressed habitually. You know, mm-hmm. Peppy Le Pew was a rapist. Yes, he was. He really was. I'm laughing saying this now because I did not see him as a rapist. But, you know, he really was. I'm glad you brought up fairy tales because it's what I was saying again about watering things down. I don't know how many of you have read the actual original Grimm Brothers fairy tales, but they were not at all like Disney portrayed them to be. Disney mm-hmm. princesses really did a number on girls growing up in my generation. Like one of the one of the stories that was really really messed up was the story of Snow White. In the original telling of the story, it wasn't the girl's stepmother who was jealous of her; it was her mother. The story was exploring um, rivalries between mother and daughter, and Electra Complex, girl who has sexual feelings for her father. All of a sudden, became, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely not for children. And it got turned into this thing where stepmother's evil. She and she's obsessed with being young, and and you know this girl is just so innocent and so sweet, et cetera. But there was a real competitiveness between her and her mother in the original telling. Um, then you have the story where she gets in with a bunch of dwarves, mm-hmm. and she eats this fruit. Um, because she doesn't know how to listen, and then this dude saves her, and they live happily ever after. You have stories like Beauty and the Beast, where Bells did not make a deal with the Beast so that he would let her father go. Her father sold her to the Beast. 
And you have this story, this Disney retelling, where she did this honorable thing to save her father. So they kind of change it for the better then. But then they change it for the worse when she ends up being with this guy at the end. And really, their whole relationship is just like this overblown Stockholm syndrome. Right. Like you're gonna you you fall in love with the guy that kidnapped you. Like this is actually happening. And Belle, and this is what's really messed up. Belle is painted is painted as not only the most beautiful but the most intelligent girl in the village where she lives. But she's a victim of Stockholm syndrome in the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were talking about that with the the, the Twilight, which I never read that shit. But you know, I I saw the first two movies because I was trying to get some, and the the girl really. <laughs> <laughs> and so she she assisted, you know, and it, it paid off. But anyway, she, you know, and I'm looking Here's the at thing the, about Twilight. Know, People hate on Kristen Stewart's acting, and I'm definitely not gonna say she's the best acting. But does she play the character just as Stephanie Myers wrote it? And people hate on Stephanie Myers as and a writer with good reason. Steven Spielberg is one of her harshest critics thing that she's not a good writer. But what Steven failed to understand is, like, uh, people don't know this about Steven Spielberg. Most people don't. But he was rejected for publication for his first novel, Carrie, 25 times before he found a publisher. Carrie's in a phenomenal book, and it became a phenomenal movie because Sissy Spacek is a phenomenal actress. But he was actually trying to make a career of writing. I believe that Stephanie Myers was just trying to get some money, and she did it in a very very intelligent way. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the effect was profound because she created this protagonist, Bella, who is a girl that is completely devoid of any personality. Bella has no interests, no hobbies, no ambitions, no goals, no friends, no real joy or interest in anything in life except Edward this vampire that she meets and falls into. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's and what I was going to bring up. And there's nothing significant about her intellect, nor is there anything significant about her appearance. The only thing we know for sure about Bella is that she's pale, she's thin, and she has very dark brown hair and eyes. These are the only significant features about her. And because, as I said, she is void of any interests, any friends, any goals, hobbies, ambitions, any void of any character, really. When this a teenage girl reads a Twilight book, she can easily slip into Bella's clothing and become Bella, become this completely average, almost boring, like mind-numbingly dull person and still have this gorgeous, luscious vampire lusting after her. First of all, meanwhile, you know, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Meanwhile, these vampires who are monsters, who feed on blood, even though the Twilight vampires are quote-unquote vegetarians and they're somehow better because they eat wild animals and not people, don't look like monsters at all. They glitter in the sunlight. And if you read the books, while Bella is not described at all, there's no real significance given to her at all, Edward is described down to every last detail. We even know as a reader what Edward's breath smells like. You know, it, it, the thing the thing that, um, oh, especially uh, among um, some of the podcasts I listen to, that they really got onto the fact that, you know, um, Bella is seems like you know such an underdeveloped female who pretty much acquiesces to everything Edward says, and Edward is kind of controlling. He's even kind of stalkerish and everything. Kind of controlling, and, okay. And, and then <laughs> on top of that, on top of that, the man is uh, over a hundred years old, and he can relate to a seventeen-year-old. 
which is basically, in my opinion, if you are over a century, nearly a century older than someone, that is child molestation. No, okay, okay, here's a breakdown, because this this actually goes very well with our topic tonight about rape and, and stalking molestation. Here's a breakdown. Edward is not only so much older than Bella, in the Twilight novels, there is something called the blood that sings. For every vampire, there is that one person whose blood they simply cannot resist. That person's blood sings to them. They smell that person, and they smell what could be the, the feast of the, all their favorite foods, the best food in life, the greatest joy, the greatest happiness. But for, for Edward, Bella has the blood that sings. He's in a relationship with a woman that he wants to literally devour every moment that he is near her. She has one friend, Jacob, and he forbids her from seeing this friend and even vandalizes her car so that she cannot see him. Um, she wants to sleep with him, but he emotionally manipulates her and says that he will not sleep with her until she marries him, and so she does. And he sleeps with her while he's, she's still human, knowing that he is so much more strong than her, so much stronger than her that in the past, he was hesitant to even kiss her because he didn't want to crush her. He has what is described in the book as bruising, pelvic-breaking sex with her. But shit's cool because he you really know his a lot own about strength. I, of course I read the book. How else could I criticize it? But okay, apparently, in Bella's mind, it's cool because he just doesn't know his own strength. Does that sound like every abused wife that's ever said anything about her husband? He just doesn't know his own strength. He loves me. He doesn't mean it. He vampires my car because he loves me. Um, he does all these insidious things so that he can become the center of her life. But as a reader, you already know that he is the center of her life because she has nothing going on in her life. Her only goal in life is to be with Edward, to love Edward and be loved by Edward. That is her mission. Like, that is the only thing she lives for. And Bella is clumsy and and dull, but when she becomes a vampire, i.e. when his love makes her better, all of a sudden she has a personality to speak of. Yeah, I you know, um you know, um I I am not ever gonna read this shit. I mean, cause it's just I've never let my teenage daughter read that stuff. There is you know that you all that stuff, I mean it's it I and um um, I, I didn't even find I you know, I watched it only because I, you know, I was trying to, you know, accomplish a goal, you know, and whatnot. And, you know, um I mean, we've always had, you know, these issues in which a movie comes out and it's saying something, it has a message, and people respond to it because we live in this PC culture in which we're supposed to say everything all nice and sweet all the time. And a lot of times some a lot of times the me- if you deliver the message direct, or if you're just seeking entertainment, let it happen. You know, um, there's a movie called Serbian Film. Mm-hmm. I've seen this movie. Now, if you've ever seen Human Centipede 1 and 2, that and Hostel and um, Saw, which you're I talking about graphic. Yeah, you're talking about graphic g- gore and stuff like that, you're talking about uh, uh, some pretty jacked-up stuff. Serbian film is messed up not only because of the things that, that are done in the movie. I'm not going to really go too far in depth in that because you have to see it for yourself. I can't recommend the movie because 
of the graphic nature of the things that are in the movie and stuff like that. You have to do it on yourself and and stuff like that. You have to look it up for yourself and watch it. But there are some really disturbing things in that movie. And uh, it's not a movie I will ever own or ever buy, but I cannot, you know, there is a, there's a, I cannot be a, saying that this guy should not be directing this movie because it's my choice to watch it, just like it's his choice to make it. Now, whoever has, a, you know, whoever decides to get into his behind about that, about that, that's on them. You know, um, there was controversy when um, The Exorcist came out um, and whatnot. There was this controversy surrounding um, a lot of films, really. I mean, you know, it's just a lot of things. You know, people expect that the world around them is going to form a happy or protective bubble and protect them from the evils and ills of of the world. It doesn't work like that, though, because whatever you like, I'm not going to like, chances are. And there's a lot. There's a high probability you're not gonna like a lot of things I like. I remember I wasn't even allowed to watch the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon because my grandmother believed that that was like some Satanist devil worship stuff within there. Mhm. Yeah, you know there was there were a few shows like I was like shows about magic and mythology. I'm a huge um, fan of of ancient lore and mythology, so I always like those shows. Um, there was one. One show I used to watch as a kid, it came on Saturday mornings, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. And it was about this, like, football team that got sucked into, like, ancient Avalon, and they became, like, the Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Like, it was really cheesy and really weird. But I just remember about the show, there was this one character that was always saying, like, these seriously inappropriate, like, pickup lines and passes at women. Like, think really cheesy 90s, late 80s passes at women, like the stuff that if you say at work, would you would, you know, get called out by HR for sexual harassment. And he would do this every episode. And I remember another Gambit um, from X-Men would always do that as well. Always mm-hmm. make these, like, really perverted, like, sleazy kind of pickup lines. And kind of those one of those things where girls watching these shows became accustomed to hearing men speak this way about women that they supposedly respected. And for those who don't know, in the graphic novels, Gambit does actually rape Rogue, which I found very disturbing when I read it later on. How the hell does he do that? Because doesn't she suck suck his power? You have to read it for yourself. I'm not going to spill the beans on that one. (laughs) Damn, I just... I just don't. It just kind of seems like that would be a bad plan. Oh, I think Apocalypse is in the picture, um, and this little kid who like steals your powers away. Yeah, yeah, that little kid was around. But anyways, um, it's one of those things where, you know, I feel like Twilight was kind of a resurgence of that. Um, man, a woman being cheated by a woman with nothing to offer, literally nothing to offer, um, because you couldn't find a duller human being on the face of the planet if you tried. Um, is treated badly by a man in a relationship. Meanwhile, she excuses his behavior and just thinks to herself all the time how lucky she is that someone so wonderful would ever even deign to pay any attention to her, let alone love her. So she's being treated badly by this guy, and the whole time she's grateful, and all these preteen girls are like, this is so romantic. And I watch it, and I'm like, this is so tragic. 
the movies can be mildly entertaining just because they're so bad. Like, it's so wrong, it becomes right. Like, it's so bad, it becomes funny. I know they're trying to make it dramatic, but I was laughing my ass off the last time I saw a Twilight movie. And I read the books. I'm just shaking my head the entire time. I'm like, this woman is either the luckiest fool or she is a deceptively brilliant writer to create a character like Bella. Uh, hell, I don't know. I, just, I, know. I thought the movies sucked, and I couldn't understand why these people were even talking to each other. I mean, but Kristen uh, Stewart did bite her lower lip to perfection on that one. She couldn't ask, but she was biting her lower lip and nervous twitching, like, for the Oscars. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, just I didn't find anything, any, any value in it. Um, have you ever seen the movie um, called, um, it has uh, uh, Vincent Cassell and uh, Monica Bellucci in it. Irreversible? Uh, yeah. Did you see I that? I still feel traumatized every time I think about that film. Right. Like, I was on a message form, and I, I found out, like, like, out of all the people there, everyone was commenting, like, I'm one of the few people that actually sat and watched the entire movie. And it had to do it in, in like, segments. I couldn't watch it all through in, like, one shot. I paused the movie, and I had to watch it over the course of, like, seven or eight hours. I couldn't watch it straight through because it was so traumatizing. Right. That movie, you know, first of all, Vincent Cassell is married to Monica Bellucci. So mm-hmm. I, I was just wondering what conversation they had after the fact or during or whatever, because there is a scene that I'm not going to spoil that you have to watch for yourself, you know, um, and that is a very long, brutal scene. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to – you. I don't understand how you how, how he was able to – anyway. And um, it wasn't so even it, the acting. Like, that's their own personal situation. For me, what what bothered me was the duration of that scene and the fact that the, movie, it, the movie is filmed in reverse chronology. And it only makes what happened before seem that much more desperate and horrible and brutal. And I walk away feeling like a victim myself. It's one of the movies right. that is so well done as to transport you into that space and time. But it's a, one of those films that, one of the few movies, and I've seen a lot of bad movies. This isn't a bad movie, but this is a film that I wish I had never heard of and that I'd never watched in my life. Because I'm so thinking about it. See, and that's and that's what I'm talking about. You know, you you have you know, since, um, just just like you have uh, um, you have uh, uh, um, people who who really believe that this is something I don't want to watch, so therefore you shouldn't watch it. That's why you have the NPAA because you you have people who say these are things that you should not be allowed to decide to, to watch for yourself. You know, you know, I'm and, a fan, and, like, like I said, I agree with you on censorship, and I'm a huge fan of psychological thrillers. That's why I watched Irreversible in the first place, though I, like I said, I regret it. You know, once upon a time, I was a psychology major, and I was huge into um, the very thought-provoking psychological thrillers. Um, that's why I love the Saw series, and it's one of those series I'll still watch, you know, like once a year. I'll get all the movies because it's the best to watch them all back-to-back because it's one continuous story. And just watch and, you know, it's really great to see how the human mind works, how people who don't think like you think. I think a, a person limits themselves greatly when they feel a certain way and they they persecute those who feel a different way and they persecute the creativity of those who may not see things in the same light as they do because there is something to be learned from it all. Right. And, you know, it, 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 
the idea is that, you know, just like music, you know, visual mediums and video games, you know, they're, they're escapism. You know what I'm saying? They're supposed, to, they're supposed to provide some level of entertainment for the person who's listening, watching, or playing these playing uh, 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 um, playing the game, whatever, everything like that. You're not really supposed to take it too seriously. If anything, you're supposed to learn. Maybe maybe you may supposed to learn a little something from it. You know, um, when you see when I see a documentary or when I see something that is based, like especially a biography that's based on a true story and everything like that. You're, first of all, you have to understand that there's a movie studio behind this this movie making that is trying to recoup the money that they put into this movie. So if it's a biography, it it would be boring if it went exactly how that guy did everything. You know, that's not going to work. They're going to change everything in there. So, you know, you you got to go into it with an open mind thinking that, hey, I'm supposed to be getting some type of value out of this, which more than, more, more than likely is entertainment. So if you listen to a song and it's talking about, and it's rapping, and you're talking about uh, um, all the big booty hoes and stuff like that, the idea is to get entertainment out of it. You know what I'm saying? It's not to go out there and think that, yeah, you really can go out there and live this life and do this stuff. For one thing, Rick Ross, you know, from what I've heard, I don't give a shit about the dude. He was a prison guard, he, and he assumed someone else's um, identity. And went out there and rapped and everything. And, and I'm not going to repeat the lyric because it was the, the bastard is disgusting for even coming up with it. But, you know, you know, the idea is you're supposed to listen to this stuff and be entertained by it. Now, I'm not going to get up. I'm going to disagree with the lyric, but I'm not going to tell this guy, you know, uh, uh, what he shouldn't say, what he, what he shouldn't shouldn't say. Because if he says it and people get in his behind about it, that's him, you know. But when I watch a movie, if I want to watch Saw and I want to see somebody be sawed in half, or be injected with acid, that's my right. Because I'm a sick, I'm kind of a little sick myself. You know what I'm saying? But that's my right. If you don't like it, don't watch it, though. Mm-hmm. No, um, the way I feel about it is I don't believe that music should be um, censored. Like, um, obviously on the radio where everyone could hear it, sure, censor out the curse word, censor out whatever. Um, but... When it comes to music, you mean we we could have ratings on it just like we do for movies. I don't see the need to censor anything out. And when you're hey. talking about lyrics that um, make a laughing matter out of things like stalking and rape and things like that, I say really think that's a, a matter of audience discretion. I would like hey. to think that these kids, like I honestly, I mean, it's not like I would like to think. I cannot help but think that you know, let's say the Steubenville gang rape case, I don't think that he just heard a song, you know, like the song Rick Grosh just released and decided, I'm going to date rape someone tonight. Right. This was obviously hey, uh, we got something a... that was building over months or years. Right. We got a caller um, online, and Ooh, um, isn't this pretty, really nice? 443, you're on the line. Talk to her. Hey, Mario. Hey, Emily. Oh, hey. Hi. Just call me the um, homie. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Um. Okay, so 
I, I've been listening to what you guys said, and I don't think it. I don't think that the Rick Ross case at all is a case of censorship. What it is is a case of people pulling his collar and making him responsible for his lyrics. And clearly, the man has some issues. If he's a forty-some-year-old man who doesn't know that putting a, a drug in a woman's drink and then having sex with her while she's passed out is some kind is, is rape. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. That, that clearly, pretty, clearly, and he he's irresponsible, and he's and he's being called on it, and he he gave a half-assed apology, and consequently he got his Reebok, you know, uh, sponsorship taken away. Which know, I, is, I completely agree with you. He's forty years old. He should know better. Um, obviously, Rick Rock is Rick Ross is okay with rape. He's glamorizing rape. He thinks that people should be entertained by rape. And you know, I'm yeah. really sick of this. What I'm really sick of more than anything is this culture where people do fucked up shit or say fucked up shit. Because again, they're free to say that, but I'm free to feel how I feel about it and respond how I feel how I need to respond about it. I think we got right. completely right in taking away his due. However, I don't think he should have been forced to apologize. What is the point of wasting everyone's well, time? Well, you didn't even force to, to apologize. He, he chose to feel. go on the breakfast. He chose to go on that show in in Louisiana, and he chose to give that half-assed apology. I don't know. He what chose he to do that to give that apology, but obviously, like you said, it was half-assed. He didn't mean it. We don't buy it. It was a waste of everyone's time. Well, see, you know, and this, this this sort of thing where people are pressured or forced into apologizing is ridiculous. This person has shown you their yeah, and, and colors. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what the apology was for those of y'all that don't know. His apology was, I apologize to people who thought, who felt like I was condoning rape. Yeah, no, something like it was you, taken out of context, right? Right, it was taken out of context. How do you take how do you exactly. take splitting a drug into a woman's drink and having sex with her when she's unconscious? Talking about she ain't even know it. You know what I mean? As anything but rape. Yeah, you have I'll to be. be Come on, oh, you, I, I don't understand how you can take something like that out of context. And again, I'm not okay with people feeling pressured or forced to apologize. Um, I don't remember who said it. Um, my Angela Louise said he, he it. Wasn't he wasn't pressured. What it was is he got caught are, out there. Believe them. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, he got caught out there. Are, he wasn't pressured. He got caught out there, and he didn't want he didn't want his female um, his female fans. Who, and I'm not even sure why he has female fans at this point. <laughs> you know, getting the impression that he was condoning rape, which he clearly is, if you listen to the song. There's really no other way to interpret that. I mean, because even because even if one were to allow for you know him talking about you know a very sp- particular type of SMM known as chemical castration, even in chemical castration, just as in anything that deals with SMM, there are rules. You know what I mean? People have to. There are. There are. You know the the submissive is the one that's in control. The submissive says how they want it. When they want it, you know, however, I mean, this is what I've read. So, like, the thing about it is, is that for the person that, the first, for the person who's into that sort of thing, they still maintain control. That all ends the moment that they want it to. And there's, and there's a lot of danger wrapped up in it, too. But the fact of the matter is, you should not be normalizing behavior like date rape. Like so no, 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 no. somebody, because I think I think that is the core of the the issue is with a, especially, and I'm gonna put the brunt on hip hop this time, especially with R and B and hip hop. We see a lot of artists trying to normalize what is clearly dysfunctional or criminal behavior. 
Absolutely. You know, um, um, and, that, and that's all, what I'm against. So. First of all, let me let me let me say this. You sounded just like Nakomi when you first jumped on the line, and that's why I was paying attention <laughs> to your voice. You know, and I'm I owe you an apology. I'm sorry about that because sometimes. I don't know if you know this. As intelligent and, and awesome as I am, I do make mistakes, and yeah, so, so I will flog, humble too. I, so I will flog. Yeah, I'll flog myself later on for that. I'm sorry, Raina. <laughs> you know. No, it's all um, good. I mean, I didn't even I didn't even really hear that you were <laughs> calling me to Kobe. I was so but, enraged about this stupid lyric. But, My uh, issue he, with the he, Rick uh, Ross thing can be summed up in this. Honestly, I'm going to put it like this: I don't care that he sang the song. Um, but simply for only only for the fact that I would like to believe that people aren't going to just hear this Rick Ross song and just up and decide, just out of the blue like that, they want to date rape girls too. And also because I feel like he exposed this horrible aspect of his personality to his fan base and that they're smart enough to now stop supporting him. Because the guy isn't that talented, he's not that great, and obviously he's showing himself to be, you know, a friend of rapists or a potential rapist in the making. Well, you or, know, so. I have to say, though, he, um, um, and Brooks uh, hit me up with a link um, showing that he made, uh, uh, I guess it's a more sincere apology, and he's calling it one of his biggest mistakes and regrets and whatnot. Um, and he has a long he has a long um, apology written out and everything. You read it as your leisure. I, I posted the uh, link in the, in, the, in the chat room and everything. Um, but my, my problem is, is you know, with a lot of this stuff is that when you wrote this down and you said this, there was not a thing in your head that said, maybe I should not say this. No, but here's, and, you know, here's what really gets me. Mike was, Ross used to be a correctional officer, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've worked with people, in the, and this is the thing that bothers me. There's so many people that I've met who who spent, who served time, or known people who served time. They like the guards in prison are not that much better than the people they're they're locking up. And if he's a prime example of this, I mean, how can I say that this is wrong? Because you, you've you've been around people who are incarcerated for rape. And yeah, I, I kind of was going to mention like, that. Like, shouldn't you be with the, in there and behind bars with the rest of them? This is how you feel. This is something that you would do, or something you have done. Well, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to um, accuse the man of doing something that I don't know if he's done or not. But, you know, it, the fact that he's okay with it, you know, that is that is seriously, you know, that is seriously, you know, something you need you need to um, the bear in mind because you don't say something like that unless on some level, you know. Either somebody's done it and you didn't say anything about it, or you're kind of cool with it yourself on some level or something like that. I don't. Well, like I said earlier, I'm fine with him singing that song simply because he's exposed his character. Yeah. And you know, people always say freedom of speech, freedom of speech, but you need to be ready to for the backlash because just like you're free to say whatever you want, people are free to react to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you definitely have the right to have a reaction to it. And um and that's how I am. You know, my thing is this, you know, normally my idea is this, if you see a book that you don't want to read, don't pick it up. Mm-hmm. But if somebody say if somebody says something that they should not say, yeah, we gotta hold them accountable for it. We gotta say something about it. Now I'm not gonna now see and this is one of those things that's kinda of like a two uh, a two edged sword. Because if we're saying, if we if we if we gotta hold people accountable for what they say and for in in and stuff like that, then 
do we also have to hold games and movies accountable for, you know, showing that, you know, this guy can legitimately kill 30 people and get away with it, even well, if well, he no, is no, a no, cop? No, 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 I, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. And, um, okay. Brain is still on the line? Well, yeah, I was still on the line. question. I was Okay, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to talk me... over anybody, so. Oh, no, no, just let me know what you think of this. When we're talking about okay. games and movies, they have ratings on them. So if you decide to pick right. that up for your child, that's on you. Again, that's that's the parent's responsibility right. because you decided to bring that home to your child. However, when you're talking about music, and this is all music whether you're talking about indie or top 40, but when you're in your car and you turn on the radio, you cannot control what the DJ plays next. And you're not going to know if something really messed up until you hear those lyrics that are really messed up. And that child in the yeah. car with you has probably heard them too. Then they're yeah. close to it all the time. You cannot block out music that's playing around you or censor what you hear on the radio. They are not just here exposed to twenty four seven, and that not and not that not that we need to censor that information twenty four seven either. But people also have to be accountable and and be responsible for what they put out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not every you know. I'm not suggesting that rap can't discuss sex, but there's a difference between sex and rape. You know what yeah. I mean? And the fact that there are some there are some rappers out here who are you know, talking about these issues and 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 don't know the difference is very scary. You know what I mean? Because this is the music that a lot of our our children are listening to. You know? Yeah, I think that's a real surprise with the Rick Ross situation because, and you had gangster rap, and sometimes they did speak about rape, but for the most part, hip hop and R and B was something that was void of rape. You had very raunchy sexual lyrics, or you had like love songs very explicit love songs, but nothing about forcing yourself on somebody. And you have Rick Ross, who he might think he's a gangster, but he's not a gangster rapper. That's not the gangster rap genre. He has no street cred. He was a corrections officer. This guy singing, he's he's very popular, especially amongst um, white American audiences, and he's singing about um, date rape. And especially in the the current cultural climate where – you know, every other month there's some new poor teen girl that's being been raped or gang raped at some school or some college or some small town. I mean, not only is the song incredibly inappropriate, but it's incredibly insensitive. Mm, yeah, I mean, it really is. And, I mean, and obviously this is not just a problem of hip-hop or whatever, but the fact of the matter is, is that whether or not it's a problem that's just specific, uh, you know, that it's specific or, or not specific to a particular group or culture is irrelevant. You still have to take responsibility for what you put out there as an artist, period. Yeah, again, you know yeah, what I'm I mean? going to go with I'm going to go with Mario, and I'm going to say that um, I, I'm not going to hold him accountable for any young person who goes out and does these things. I would hope that they would know better. But, however, he needs to he needs to – be able to take whatever consequences comes with what he said. You have the whole Reebok deal. He's probably going to lose a lot of fans over this, and that's something he should have prepared himself for. No, but it's not. It's not that he has to take a responsibility for a, for say, a, you know, the Steubenville rape or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he has to take, he has to take responsibility for his part that he plays in a in a wider problem of of misogyny that is in our culture. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 very and very you know prevalent in hip hop, period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
he has to take responsibility for that because he's he's, yeah. he's one part of a of a big problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if he wants to, and if he wants to improve, he's got to stop. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say because the song was so explicit about flipping the girl a drink, raping her, and her not even knowing what happened. Um, you know, I've heard songs where the guy's clearly talking about rape or date rape and then goes on to call the girl a sub or a whore saying that she was asking for it. At least that didn't play a role because I see victim blaming as being such a, a much larger problem Um but it's all part of the same problem. Yeah, it's all a part of the same problem. It may be though. part of the same problem, but it doesn't have the same outcome. Because you could have songs about rape, but and, you know, you could even have the glorification of rape in songs. But if you didn't have a sort of culture where the victim was blamed, we might have less rape and the outcomes would be different. If these people weren't raping these women with the knowledge that, they would be protected, and the victim would only be further victimized after the fact. I mean, we just got news about text messages sent to the coach of those football players in Steubenville and how he knew at least one of the perpetrators involved had done this to this girl and saying that nothing's going to happen to you. I won't let anything happen to you. That slut doesn't have a leg to stand on. Even after seeing the pictures and seeing everything that had, that had happened, you have another case in Canada the other day where a young girl killed herself because she was gang raped and photos were taken and it went viral and other students at her school, mostly women, were telling, calling her slut and whore to the point where she killed herself. And it, she didn't kill herself after the rape. She killed herself as a side effect of how people treated her, the victim. Okay, well, okay, this is, okay. While victim blaming is a problem, it is all a part of the same problem. We have to tackle the entire problem of misogyny, and part of it is is how we talk about pleasure and how we talk about sex, and in and in our culture in general, but particularly within hip hop, the way that we talk about pleasure is focused. We're focused on male pleasure and female responsibility. So if we if we would would change the consciousness in our community, we could maybe have better songs that represent the sort of sexuality that we want to promote, which is a sexuality that cares about enthusiastic consent and not um, emphasizing, you know, male pleasure to the extent that you can just take whatever you want, regardless of whether or not she's conscious. Um, I cannot agree 100% that um, hip-hop, you know, is, you know, pretty much um, propagates this idea of male pleasure and female responsibility because we did have a lot of women in hip-hop and in R&B, like Adina Mostly Howard, Kim, Foxy okay. Brown, who were Obviously, there are about. going to be exceptions, but the, the, the main thing is that most of it promotes male pleasure and female most responsibility. Most of it promotes male pleasure because most people in R&B and hip-hop are men. And the few women but even that a lot of the female, the but even a lot of the a lot of the females still promote that same notion by even even in in the way that they uh, go about expressing sex in songs. A lot of it still it tends to favor patriarchy and this whole notion of men being you know the actors and women being. But the that actors. is not a musical problem. That is a that is. 
that is a cultural problem. Not just I've American already said culture, that it's a cultural culture. problem. I've already said that it's a cultural problem, but that does not negate the responsibility of artists in our community to, you know, look at their work and to consider it and to grow and to think outside of the box, to think outside of this patriarchal box. But we have to consider especially when these same artists, especially when these same artists, uh, some of them are, you know, are somewhat critical of race and politics and other and other things. Why can't they turn that same critical eye on sex and gender? Well, it's like I was going to say. Um, you you can't exactly say that a person needs to take responsibility if they are a victim of that same system. We see women as being victims of patriarchy, but men have been um, bogged down with that same sort of rationale and that same sort of mindset. Now, obviously, Rick Ross's lyrics are pretty out there. He's talking about drugging and raping somebody. When we're talking about the more subtle forms of misogyny, the song's not necessarily about well, rape Well, no, at you all. actually can, then, and, and you know, I'm going to disagree with what she said. This person, this person can... Hold on, I'm just going to finish. This person can, this person, that's how they were raised to view male and female relationships. So they're not, they can't be held any more accountable than their listeners simply because they don't see anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. As many times as, okay, so um, I'm going to say this. The, and and then I'm probably going to, um, I'm going to go handle something else i got to take care of in a second. But um, what I'm going to say is this, is that, um, we can actually hold them responsible because these cri- these criticisms are nothing new. This is not something that has just sprung up as a result of talking about the Rick Ross incident. This has been going on since the inception of hip-hop. There's been criticism both inside hip-hop and outside of hip-hop. So at this point, no one can claim ignorance. This shit has been has been discussed in, in numerous forms. There was just one not that long ago on um Intelligence Squared, you know, where, you know, Q tip and, and you know, K R S one and, you know, all of these other rappers were were, you know, involved in this dialogue between academics and pop culture, you know, critics and everybody else. So this is not a new conversation. So at this point if you if you're not willing to to be self-critical and to um, to evaluate your lyrics, and on this basis, you're just you're you're just being willfully ignorant, and that's really all that can be said about you. Period. Um, you know, it's like I was trying to say. Um, you know, when I'm speaking back to R&B in the '90s, people had like a lot of love songs. There's one of my friends calls them "baby making music." And these songs are all about, oh, I'm going to be a real man. I'm going to hold it down. I'm going to take care of you. We're going to have a bunch of kids together. You're going to take care of my home. And everyone's like, this is so romantic. Obviously, not every woman desires to be a housewife and a breeder for a man's children. And there can be a lot of misogyny and fraud in those lyrics. But this is the way this person was raised to view male and female relationships. They think it's romantic. The vast majority of their audience thinks this is romantic. And for a lot of black women, this is still the ideal male-female partnership relationship. He works. He brings home the money. I take care of the home. I take care of the kids. We're in love. Everyone's faithful. Everything's copacetic. I don't need to work outside the home. I don't need my independence. None of that. The 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 spawn of women, especially black women, singing about wanting to be financially independent of a man is fairly new. Um, I don't think that's 
fairly new at all, actually. <laughs> it's been around for quite some time. But um, thanks, guys, for um, for letting me in on the conversation. And uh hope you guys have a great rest of the show. Okay. Later. Have a good night. Okay. Um, oh. Y'all remember me, right? I'm 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 still here. Um, <laughs> so um um. Okay, so that I guess that's been taken care of now. Um, um, I don't want to only beat up beat up on hip hop because I don't think that uh, hip hop hip hop actually you know it, it, you know uh, took a lot of cues from um, the rock culture and stuff like that. So. You know, it's not. You know, I remember hearing stories about spinning um, Led Led Zeppelin records back uh, um, backwards, and you would hear a Satanist message or some shit like that. Yeah, you they know, said this I, about uh, everyone, right? Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, Alice Cooper, all of them were like yeah. you hear Satan's voice on the records if you play them backwards. So I got a couple, and I played it backwards, and all I just heard was like backwards music. Yeah, I didn't hear the devil at all. Right. You know, and I was just I just listened to a few of them in the uh, uh, chat room, you know, um, in which Ozzy Osbourne had to deal with uh, the fact that a song that a song of his, Mr. Crowley, which was inspired by a Satanist, Alistair Crowley, and um, um, a teenager that committed committed suicide after listening to the song. You know, he was sued by the parents, but he won. Um, Alice Cooper had the song schools out, and um. You know, they tried to ban it in England and stuff like that. You know, Marilyn Manson, um, apparently somebody, um, he was a cute, somebody might have committed suicide after listening to his song, Antichrist Superstar. And um, um, there's also Rage Against the Machine, which I I really like this song, um, Killing in the Name, and, you know, which really challenges the the authority, authoritative idea of, you know, U.S. and um, political um issues and stuff like that, um, they really don't like George Bush. Um, Sex Pistols, and um, I remember NWA, Fuck the Police, Ice Cube, Mm -hmm. um, Ice Cube, I can't, not not Ice Cube, Ice T. Ice T, Brooks is in the chat room. Um, Brooks or or, or Will, what was that Ice T T song where you saw, Cop Killer, was was it Cop Killer? Yeah, it was. was, Okay, yeah. Um, Does he play a cop now on Law and Order SVU? Which is almost hilarious when you think about it. All right, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, you had a um, yeah, Brooks just confirmed it for me. Um, you you, you have a lot of um of songs out there that have a message, and, you know, it is not saying you know you know generally not many people will go out, will go out there and hunt down a cop to kill him. Unless you really, really pissed this guy off, and he just happened to be ex-military, and he doesn't like the things going on, and then you kind of fuck him over, and so he goes on a homicidal rampage, which really isn't all that successful because he didn't even kill the people he was intending to. But anyway, the problem is, you know, is that you know, a lot of the uh, when you when you take songs that are meant to express a message of challenging authority and challenging the status quo and bringing some type of awareness to what is going on, then, you know, there's a reason behind that because this is happening in the hood. I mean, this is happening in these areas, you know. you t- Cop killer and uh, fuck the police it, because it was challenging the ideas of the kind of, uh, um, the kind of the overbearing 
you know, uh, uh, issue that um, a lot of uh, blacks face in in the hood from police, especially you know, you know, uh, racial profiling and uh, police brutality, which is still an issue that is not really even being that is really not really addressed. You know, it still happens repeatedly, and a lot of times, ten, nine times out of ten, and uh, they, they get off and whatnot, and not really much is done. Um, um, I remember Public Enemy. Uh, public enemy song uh, uh, don't believe the hype and uh, um, um, shit. I it dropped right from my mind as I was thinking about it. What was the other um, one? Cause, uh, um, finish it, your thought. I can't remember it. Damn, it, it was right on tip of my tongue. Was, no, my right. my issue with this <clears throat> is as much as I hate these sort of lyrics and music. I feel like people target the musicians as being not just for 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 putting out this sort of both music, which is wrong, but as if they have all responsibility in right. the culture, in the cultural climate, um, because it's not just rape culture that we're talking about, but songs that promote drug use and sale and and violence in the community and domestic violence, um, signs that promote stalking, property damage, infidelity, all of these things are are sung about are sung about and they're glamorized. And it's one of those things where we have to take the heat off these people just for singing about it as if they are the root of the problem and figure out what the root of the problem is. Um again, it was like I think I was saying Narena, you really can't get away from music, you can't really get away from the radio. And so for for that, I feel that, you know, when you, you put out a song like this, you're responsible for the material that you're putting out there and the way that it's perceived. However, this problem of rape culture didn't start with, start with Rick Ross. You understand what I'm saying? Right. With these other with these other musicians. We need to pinpoint the root of the problem. Um, you cannot, if you, I mean, if you have a cancerous tree, that needs to be uprooted. You can't just prune one of the branches and think think that you have solved somehow solved the problem. Right, right. And I, I don't think that you know. I don't. I do think that if you I'm looking say at something hold on, that, I'm looking at the chat right now. Ms. Brooks says it may not be the root of the problem, but we cannot give him an excuse or a pass. And I completely agree. I believe he should be held accountable. I account. agree with that too. And yeah. he should be in any way that his sponsors or his fans choose to treat him from that point forward. You know, he brought that upon himself because, like I said, he had free speech, and people are free to retaliate to that however they like, especially verbally. Right. You're well, free you to know, say that, gonna, and I'm free to criticize you. If we're going to come down hard on Mel, Mel, Mel Gibson when he nuts up and says a bunch of anti-Semitic and racial racial comments, if we're going to get in Dog, Dog the Bounty Hunter's um, ass when he says the N-word, mm-hmm. if we're going to get in Michael Richards' ass when he says the N-word, then mm-hmm. we can't let people pass when they say, you know, when they promote something as controversial as date rape. You know, if we're going to hold well, these exa- other people accountable exactly, for This is what I was, I'm, I'm, I was saying about culture. Because now we live in a culture where this is in the 1960s. A white person can't just see a black person off the streets and call them an N-word. You just can't. Because right. all of a sudden, um, you know, especially you if this is a proprietor up. of a business, 
especially if it's a product or business, that's going to be on the local news that night. We have now have, like, almost a zero-tolerance policy to such open, blatant racism. It's got to be done more subtly now if you're going to try to get away with it. However, we still live in a culture where it's perfectly okay to call a girl a slut or a whore if she is promiscuous or just because she happened to reject you. Um, it's perfectly okay to, um, you know, give a pass to gang rapists and serial and date rapists and and and, and the like, but we we re-traumatize and re-victimize their victims, and because they do this, now the musicians think that it's okay. I'm sure Rick Ross isn't sorry he wrote that song. He's probably just shocked that he got the response that he got, because how why wouldn't he feel that it's okay when we live in a culture that has pretty much told him every day it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to, I think we actually should come down harder on uh, some a, a lot of these um, artists who, you, you can't keep saying stuff like that, man. This is a new time and age in which people are, are, are responding more heavily to this stuff, to the things that are being said and everything. So um, I don't believe in censorship, but I also don't believe in saying something like, if you're talking about running out there and, you know, if if I'm listening to Tupac and he says something like, go out there and kill a bunch of white people, no, I'm not going to be cool with that because that's crazy. You know, you ought to watch Fear of a Black Cat because that is hilarious. To everyone that's in the chat box right that. now, to yeah. everyone in the chat box right now, y'all need Jesus. I just want to point that out. Like, <laughs> this conversation yep. that's being had in the chat box is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm having the giggles right now. I can't. <laughs> I'm trying not to look at the box so I don't laugh some more. But everyone's Which one making are you? Are you guessing? I'm you not guess commenting. I'm a lurker. I'm a lurker. I'm not commenting. Oh. I'm, just, I'm just looking at the comments. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, what I'm I've been lurking for quite some time. You know, didn't didn't um Pimp C from um um UGK do time for sexual assault or some shit like that? A few people got arrested for sexual assault. Um. Does anyone remember Mr. Cal? He had that song, Shake Your Ass. He got yeah. arrested for raping his makeup artist. Oh, mystical. I, you said, I thought you said Mr. Cal. Like, That's how it was <laughs> pronounced. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, man. You know, I love mystical and everything like that, but he sure got a pass from the community for that shit, too, you know? Like, uh, he really did, but and on the flip side, it kind of, like, I don't know if that's why he was a one-hit wonder or if it ruined his career. I don't know what the hell happened with that. It's one of those things where, you know, they were doing interviews about the whole Frank Ocean situation, and Snoop Dogg was saying how he doesn't think an openly gay rapper will ever be accepted in hip-hop, the current culture of hip-hop. And, okay, so you don't have room for the guy who is a homosexual, but you do have room for the guy who thinks about rape or the ones who have done time for rape before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, see, uh, that, that that that's that's funny and everything like that. I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, I think, like I said, I think the court. <laughs> I'm laughing at Big Brooks. That is not how I pronounced it, my Brooks. That was not how I pronounced it at all. But I digress. Go on, Mario. Uh, well, you know, I guess we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap it on up anyway. We're in the last 10, 10 minutes of the show and whatnot. Um. It was a great show, man. I, I totally enjoyed it, man. You know, um, and, I, 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 and thank I, you, Raina, for calling in and everyone for listening. Right. You know, as a matter of fact, man, when you think, you know, when you think about hip hop, 
you know, just like any type of, uh, like rock went through um, different stages of rock, uh, folk rock, uh, metal, alt, you know what I'm saying, all these different transitions, hip-hop is going to go through the same thing. Sometimes it seems to me like it moves a little slower because especially during this modern age where everything is so seems so prepackaged and, and, and whatnot, things are changing. And pretty soon I'm pretty sure you're going to see MCs like Brooks and uh, – uh, Griff and uh, um, Grayton, you pretty, I'm pretty sure maybe 10, sooner or later you're going to hear these artists on the radio and it's not going. they're not going to be ostracized for rapping about not believing in God and stuff like that. You know, you know what? I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think I think even if we manage to get these sort of blatantly misogynistic lyrics off air, we it's still going to be a culture where, okay, maybe – the the gay rapper might get some might get some love like you know good fan base radio play, but I don't think there's room for the atheist yet. I really just don't. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm hoping. So. I, I believe that the atheist would be accepted for a gay uh, rapper, though. But yeah, I might be wrong, though. I'm you know I might be totally no, wrong. No, because they can talk about Kaepernick from the streets, and I exactly like that. Um, day raping dudes, but then they're like, I'm, I I love Jesus. And have you seen right. the BET Awards? It's like it's like yeah, it's like a church yeah. service with awards. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is a funny. It's funny, you know. It is, you look at if you look, walk through the, uh, the uh, magazine section, you see all the rap magazine. It's like smiling, you know. Nobody's like, it, it, no, I'm not happy about shit. I'm gonna scowl on the on a magazine co- cover because smiling makes me like a punk. You see, you know, McBrook brings up a great point. He brought up M1 from Dead Presidents, and um, he was saying how um, this dude is an atheist. We know that. Um, but they don't rap openly about it. So right. uh, at that point, what does it matter? Especially when you're part of a group, you are not a standout artist. You have Macklemore, our new token white boy. He's like the new Asher Ross, I guess. Everybody knows Thrift Shop is that novelty song. When you make your career on a novelty song, it's probably not gonna last no very long. I don't. I don't have any high hopes for him. Yeah. And I'm sure there's but, friends in the closet, but they're probably gonna have to stay in that closet, or like, like you said, not rap openly about it. They're rapping right. about other things, so nobody cares. Right. Now, if you don't come out in the song and say though that there's no God, because that's right. the end of your career. Right. So um yeah so it's been it's been a great great show you know I want you to check out uh. uh uh, Kim's show will be uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Sunday. She's gonna have pro- uh, gonna have another great topic, and um, I'm I'm sorry I can't remember right off the top of my head, but all her shows are pretty good and everything. She, you know, has a lot of a uh, uh, lot lot to say and a lot of uh, knowledge to impart. So uh, check her out on 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Uh, check out the barbershop with my, my boys uh, Will and I'm um, Alfred um, Tuesday. I think. If not this this coming Tuesday, it'll be next Tuesday. Um, as soon as we, you know, as soon as I know when um, Rana's show will be back on the RSS feed, that'll be posted. If not on my page, it'll be posted on Kim's page or Will's this page, something like that. This me softly, I swear. <laughs> yeah, and so um, and we'll be back in um uh, two two uh um two Fridays from now, the Friday after next. What's the name? What's going to be the title of that show? The harm of teaching creationism. So please, please be um, say, please stay tuned for that. It kind of ties into the topic we had two Fridays ago um, about the dangers of faith healing. 
this 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 is pretty much um the other side of the same coin. These things kind of go hand in hand. Um, not all creationists are faith healers, but all faith healers are creationists, and it is a huge problem, um, especially when we're talking about um, the the footprint that the next generation of scientists have to leave on the world if they don't understand the way um, evolutionary biology works. Right on. So with all with all that and um, all that said. <laughs> <laughs> now it is now it's kicked upside your dome and whatnot. Y'all have a good weekend. Be safe and enjoy yourselves. We'll catch you next time. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310